种烦。<笑><笑>
maybe you want to share more of like your thoughts about the women's right paper and how it applies to um, our educational institute uh, in Singapore as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So the I think the white paper has some implications for so very important issues. So mm. employment and right, right. Um, rights to properties and, oh, yes, you know, yes. and, and of course obviously you know that there's that review on, on those kinds um, uh, of very uh, salient issues. Uh, at the same time, also it's interesting to me that. They specifically said it would be sort of philosophical re-rendering re of our society. What does it mean to be a woman in Singapore? Right? Um, so I think in a lot of ways, um, and, and yes, for example, we, we take so much for, for granted that may or may not be available to people outside. So in, in most of our courses like in medicine, it's kind of roughly one half is woman and one mm. half mm. is men. Uh, but and, and we, we said, okay, it twas ever so. But twas not ever so. Uh, so you will see um, so uh, the the current vice provost of, of student life, Professor Florence Ling, remains the only female full professor at the at her school. And at her time, uh, women were not encouraged to do engineering and therefore she did project management. So it's it's in our lifetime that we have seen these changes. So part of the progress, I would say, uh, is what we now can take for granted. And uh, we should feel that we are comfortable in it, that we don't have to overthink it, we don't have to feel it's so precarious our place that we, oh, we have to fight, you know, again. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's right there, but I, I think also we ought to preserve a sense of history from whence we have come and then think, Okay, here we are now. Uh, we have improved on ABC, and where could we do better? Mm. So, so it's right that this conversation ought to have come up earlier. Mm. Uh, but the fact that it has come up now, I would suggest that we seize the moment and see mm. uh, where we could go uh, mm. still. Um, and and I say this uh, because um, obviously there's a lot to be done. Uh, in, um, there are sort of serious issues of, of domestic violence, for example, yes, yes. and and we ought to place quite a lot of attention on that. At, at the same time, there may be other issues that we think, well, you know, you should just accept it. You it's not that um, it's not that big a deal. Mm. Um, and I would say maybe is I'll give an example. When I first started work as a reporter, mm. I mean, obviously things have changed, um, there was, I remember a newsmaker who said to me, uh, and this is quite a, I would say quite an important newsmaker. Mm -hmm. I had just gotten this interview which was like quite a big scoop for me, right? So I went there and there was like, he was there with, with a group of men, right? Uh, sort of seated down and he said like, oh, well, I really look, this is the reporter who's coming out. And I came into the room and he said, um, well, uh, you know, I decided not to give you the interview today. I was like, you know, but I already oh. booked the spot mm -hmm. for it. I mean, booked the, the space for it in, in, the, in the papers and I told my editors this. And he said, well, um, maybe if you come here and sit on my lap, I'll give you the story. Oh. And, uh, and, and this kind of like is shocking today. I, I'm, I'm not saying that it was like, oh, okay, la-di-da in my day as well. But yeah. mm -hmm. uh, I did want to say when that happened, I was like, 
I mean, of course, the expletives yeah. which yeah. shall not make it to the broadcast. <laughs> um, but I, I was pretty shocked as well, and and the response to this, right? I, I, I didn't kind of like, I didn't re- respond really kind of strongly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to my embarrassment now, I kind of just laughed and. and off and I tried again for the interview and I said like are you sure that you won't want to do this because we kind of had a mm. and then I left um, but I went back to the newsroom and, and this is the point I'm trying to make that it takes all of us to to set these standards mm. I went back to my newsroom and told my editor who was a male and he was like extremely indignant and he said like you know you were right to walk away and then he took it out um, and uh, I, I I, I did want to, to say that um, somebody uh, in s- among our community, we must stand up and say, this is not right. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't really like traumatized or anything. I, mm-hmm. I was not, uh, but I, I didn't feel very strongly that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was the beginning, right? That we do have to set new norms about mm-hmm what is right and what is wrong and it's not just the person who has been on the receiving end it must be so sort of everybody mm. right, sort of coming up and saying it's wrong I mean so so that's that's what I wanted to mm-hmm. say that we have made some progress um, on, on the other hand of course um, the saying that is wrong right I, I feel at least I, I say this kind of carefully we can signal that it's wrong but we don't have to sort of be extremely retributive about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't have to kind of blood on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as you say, I, so I'm doing this really carefully. Mm-hmm. I'm not naming the person. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I just show this as, as, as a form of where we ought to stand. And mm-hmm. sometimes when, um, when the disrespect is in this form, mm-hmm. quite a lot of it is uh, how we set the standards together about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Mm. Mm. Right, as, like how the rest of the people around also react and so Yeah, on, right? um, that's right. right. Yeah. It's not enough to just yeah. not do it. Right. right. You have to be there and if somebody else do it, like you have to stand up to this as well. Indeed. Right? Indeed. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wanted to ask because as I was researching for the white paper, right, I, I just couldn't imagine what kind of societal changes it could bring. Like maybe if, if you put in policy, right, then it can make structural changes. But how much of it will actually change these kind of people or like the people who are like very reserved and if they see it, they'll just wave it off and like it's not my I say and all, you know. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I just wanna take your thought into that. Yeah. So the this so yeah, so there are two extremes, right? One is the vigilante and kill yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's like okay, now you sit down and kill this guy. <laughs> and then the other one is the reserve sort of like bystander. Mm. Somebody else will do something. I actually I think um I I'm more against the first one, like because they can do real harm. Mm-hmm. So uh the, the second you, you can't make people care if they don't care. And I think it's fine, some it's it's just your choice, right? It's, mm. I, I think you, you should have the choice um, to kind of not sort of step, uh, to be very vigorous in your response. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand your point that is it okay to do nothing? Um, mm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's okay to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a personal example back in, actually, I shouldn't name 
which part of my life. Uh, but yeah, so uh, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, he wasn't in a good place, and he, he made advances, and I didn't even know about it, the happenings. You know, like like when it happened was like about a week back before I heard it, and when when I was processing it, it was like, you know, I didn't expect this kind of behavior from him because. Mm. From all interaction, he's fine, you know, he's like, you know, a really chill guy. Uh, he helps out people from time to time. So, like, I don't know how you would tell if somebody is prone to such, like, a, I don't know, unacceptable behavior. And, like, what what should you do if you know somebody who's, who's like this? Who's like what? Like, behaves you know, unacceptably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, oh. especially in this case, or, like, in my case, where, like, you really don't expect it, right? How should right. you approach someone to, like, maybe steer them a bit away from, from this kind of behaviors. Right. You know, yeah, that's a, that's a neat question. Right? Um, it, it, it really depends on your personality. Right? Mm-hmm. If it's, so if it's someone like me who's quite outspoken, I would feel it's, it's fine. But, I mean, it also comes with age, lah, I think. Lah. <laughs> um, because, um, like, see, if, if I'm on the train now, I see sort of any guys of like, you know, doing something proper, I'll just go up to him and say, like, Bagraf, don't, don't, you know, don't... Um, Wait, so you do see it in, in MRTs as well? I, I do, and I have no problems kind of saying, you know, uh, so what I usually do, and I, I think now I can do it, maybe in my 20s I find it really hard, mm-hmm. I'll just go to the girl and talk to her and mm-hmm. just, like, bring her away. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I can see that, I mean, obviously she doesn't welcome in office like whoever yeah. I, it's, 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 I, I give a very um, stereotypical example right I mean I, I just yeah so this is this does happen um, no not very frequent I mean very rarely I can count <laughs> on the fingers of my hands right um, but I I think for me that's what I would do mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's it, it's easy for everybody and I think if, if I were younger if I was I mean if I were in NUS for example mm-hmm. I would find it hard to do mm. because first of all, I'm not sure and I'm not mm. sure that whether it's unwelcome or I... You may not even know that you could talk to the girl and beat her away. I mean, th- all these kinds yeah. of things, right? It's like me when I was first faced with the newsmaker. I, 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 if this happened to me now, I'll be really kind of... Uh, I might not react, you know. Mm. I will have reacted more strongly. Yeah. So, um, so with this in mind, what do you... What do you think are the necessary steps that society should take for social progression in, in light of the women's white paper and um, maybe creating a comfortable and safe environment, not just in society, but in the spaces um, around us, so like from work to home to, to school and things like that. Yeah. Mm. There might be some you, you want to say something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, as mentioned there has to be that kind of community standard that is set so mm. I think when we have this white paper at least at, when we have these discussions um, things come out that people don't really say so I mean if there's a silent majority that have these views but they don't express it they don't say it they don't really care um, if they can also acknowledge things such as maybe it's not it's not right anymore to say to, to victim blame and say oh um, you got raped because you, were, you wore this these kinds of clothes, oh, or yeah, <laughs> right, or or to be like, or or to be like, oh, I would, I would, oh, I mean, one personal example is that someone said, oh, actually, I would 
I would only want to work under a male president because they make the strong harder decisions. So, I mean, these kinds of maybe stereotypes, these kinds of impressions that we, we have ingrained in us, that is carried out throughout, not like in our homes, in our society. Um, if we can collectively rethink that, I think it's a good way to try to reimagine this future together. Yeah. And I think also have this recognized as a community norm. So, so no one is too... So, for example, you mentioned like how students may feel unsure about what's right and what's wrong. So I think what helps is that with a, with a more clearer standard or maybe... So, for example, our respect and consent module, with that clearer standard in mind, with certain principles that people should uphold in terms of interacting with their community, I think that gives people that direction on how they, how they want to carry out their lives. Mm. And I think that would be important. And that, that helps much more to help to preserve throughout the community rather than just through um, lawmaking, Indeed. through policymaking. Yeah. yeah. So there's the formal institutional change, mm. laws and, and structures and incentives, and the informal institutional change, which I, I, I would say would be more important. Right? Mm. Right. Right. So mm. like things such as uh, whether you speak up or not mm. and, and so forth, I think that's important. Um, uh, actually, so I like very much your point about, uh, so when I said like the really kind of serious mm. issues and maybe the sort of everyday microaggressions that we see. So things such as um, I only work, want to work under a male president uh, or, 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 you know, and, and so on, right? Um, what do we do with those? Right? So yeah. do we mm. sort of just suck it up and say, yeah, you know, it's okay? Or do we sort of stand up? And that's why your mm. earlier point was really important, right? Mm. Like when do we speak up and all? So I say it's a function of personality, mm. but it's also also a function of um, the leader uh, of any community, right? Mm. Whether the leader feels it's tolerable or not tolerable. Mm. Right? Mm. So I mean, it can be very, and maybe there's no malice involved. Right? Mm. So so once at at, um, at a meeting, so there were several prof male professors at ME. And the, oh, each professor was named by his area specialty. Uh, you know, welcome, Professor Roy, you know, right, right. Um, Professor of oh, oh, Technology is his yes, specialty. And, and uh, Professor Leong. Institutional economist. It's one of any many things, right? Yeah, yeah so it's like, how's that, huh? What, uh? Like, <laughs> no, no, I, I, so, so I, I, of course, didn't sort of like, ah, but you don't know what expertise I have. But it's, it's that, right? Like, there is right. something, there is something like that, uh, and so, and, and, uh, you know, you, you would have read the recent um, op-ed about um, Dr. Biden, right? Uh, whether she deserves to call herself doctor, mm. when she's, you know, she, uh, she has a PhD, and it's like, hmm. So I, uh, for me, the test is this: um, if you're truly equal, mm. the the test to apply is: would you do this to a man? And it's not just uh, it's not just uh, at least students do it too. You mm. you may be surprised. So there have been studies on, on bias, and and I experienced it. So I co-taught a class um, with a male professor, and then I will explain like what I thought like, like pretty good explanation about you know. Um, what happened after the Washington consensus and the rest of it. And then, 
then I was like, and then the male professor kind of did the same explanation. And then everybody said, wow, no, as Professor Lo was saying, I was like, and no, the Professor Lo, as Professor Leong was saying. But, you know, the it's a kind of bias that, um, maybe I'm like really a bad explainer, but you would feel that there has been studies that show mm. that, that the positive teaching evaluation would tend to go, go towards um, males and then mm. tend towards to go to, to a certain kind of, um, you know, there are other things that may or not may not be related. So I, I'm not saying that all bias is necessarily malicious mm. or, you know, but I think the, the big thing we have to do is to open our eyes to the mm. fact that these could exist, not in a very stepping on eggshell kind of way, mm -hmm. uh, but just be aware of them. And then when you when you see them, then you you, you can recognize them. And uh, and how we react to them then depends on the, the context and mm -hmm. community standards mm -hmm. as you talked about. Okay, so how are you? Because um, we're running short on time. How are you guys? What do you think in one word is um, something? needed for change to happen. Just in our one word. Uh, maybe starting from the top. Respect. Okay. I think it will be commitment. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I mean a lot of the things that you guys said, like it, it just came across really shocking to me because I research it now, but like your personal experiences, I've never seen. So it, it's just really eye-opening that, that it happened. So I, I don't know whether I can encapsulate everything I just heard in one word. You know, but if I can have the liberty of a phrase, you know, um, yeah. uh, to all the male viewers, just uh, be conscious. Because a lot of the things that you see, like you say, there is a lot of subconscious. Or, you know, I just tend to prefer a male prose explanation, which, you know, it's not the value of the explanation it comes from being a male, right? So just as, as you live your life, just be more conscious of, like, how you think and learn to change yourself from there. Okay. What about yourself? I'm not going to go away. <laughs> I think for change to happen, it has to happen collectively as a society. Mm. And I think the most important thing is the mindset and how we should be more cautious about cautious and conscious about how we react and how we respond to certain change because some things might be minor as, as what you mentioned minor aggressions that mm. we might not think take too seriously about but it builds up into creating this culture within a society that happens for through the years in which then defines the new norms and i mm. think that's something that um both of you have mentioned about what is needed to change um, in uh, to change for societal progression as well for to strive for this uh, very gender equality um, mm -hmm. where there's no double standards and everything um, it's more equal and mm -hmm. uh, well balanced. So thank you so much for your insights about that. I think it was very eye opening and for your insights about it. <laughs> for your insights yeah, about it. I'm a bit nervous. Okay, I'm representing an entire gender. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, moving on to our next. Okay, well, so okay, we after discussing about the woman's white paper and gaining insightful, um, eye-opening thoughts and views about this, we'll be now shifting on to our next topic, which is about the justice system and uh, sexual misconduct 
um, there is something that has been trending a lot recently in light of all the cases and things like that. So, uh, maybe to start off, what do you think are the laws in place and what does that um, indicate about uh, the state of gender inequality in today's, in light of the recent um, cases that has happened uh, so far in the past year? So the lawyer in the room. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is a convenient question for you. Huh? Yeah, for both actually. <laughs> I think we moved. Um, I think maybe we can focus more on the NUS disciplinary. Sure, systems. if you want to yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, we've bumped up a lot on the legal regulation side of things mm. uh, since the Monica Fee incident back two years ago, 2018. Mm. And with the additional minimum, uh, minimum one year suspension, all the expulsions, uh, put in place, and then the 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 inc- the move away from the precedent of how it used to be only about one or two term suspension. So I mean, we've definitely seen a lot more harsher sentences in terms of the. Sorry about this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll take an issue. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. 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 Oh, we piece together the worst possible retributive sentence mm. in terms of punishment. But I think where we can come from also is to see not just the not just the punishment sense. Because I feel that every time someone I mean yes, there there's always been a wrong and it feels very personal when it comes to sexual misconduct because it's something it's not against just your bodily integrity. But like it's different when you slash someone versus when you invade someone's personal space, when you invade someone's um when when you conduct sexual misconduct, there's it's also a matter of like your sense of self, your your personal bodily autonomy that comes into play. And it feels very personal when it comes to this. So people's automatic reaction is always like, let's punish the person more. But I think at the same time, because all of this comes along with um things such as mindsets, so um how people view other people's bodies. Um, you also have to talk. You also have to think a lot more about rehabilitation of the offender. You also have to think about how to protect the victims and how to give them that support structure. Also, when there isn't, when sometimes there isn't that recourse in the justice system because there is always limitations to the legal system. And like you can't legislate everything in. You can't punish everything mm. in the world. Um, but you can always have a lot more informal structures to support the person. And I I think that's where we've been trying to move towards also. Yeah. So you're right, the retributive force, right? The NUS disciplinary system cannot be mere retribution. Mm. Um, if that is so, then part of it uh, then becomes really, it really turns on the wrath of mm. the victim. Mm. Yeah, right? So it's manifestly unfair if, like, let's say me, if I was asked to sit on someone's lap and to get the story and I felt, okay, it's wrong and and I'm going to report this to my boss and then he took action and 
And after that, I, I, I went on with my job. But that's that doesn't make it right. right. Mm -hmm. Someone else could very have could, could very well have felt far more strongly and be far more severely harmed. Mm. So the rightness or wrongness of the punishment and what happens therefore uh, is not a function of. Uh, of course, it takes into account. Um, uh, the experience uh, of the person uh, of the victim mm. uh, it, it doesn't turn entirely on it, mm. um, and and uh, I guess that's Ruan's point. Uh, it's not the disciplinary process is not pure retribution, mm. e even though of course it must be partly retributive. Yeah. It must mm. satisfy mm. it in some way, and if if it's out of whack on this element, then it you know it's something that we have to discuss. The the other element I, I feel. Um, and the other two elements I feel that uh, really we ought to strive for in the disciplinary process is deterrence. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah. um, to, and, and, and to Suan's earlier point about the provost saying that we have the, the, the harshest sanction framework, um, that is deterrence. Mm. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be grateful for your views also on how to achieve this effect. The Achieving the deterrent effect is not just meeting out the, mm. the punishment, mm. but the knowing that... That's the punishment you will yeah. get. Indeed, you, yeah, mm. yeah. the knowing of this. So, I mean, uh, it, it, it's not like, you know, uh, putting heads on spikes kind of uh, in your face graphic thing. Um, but I wonder if people know. Mm. Mm. And if they did, would they did do the same thing? Right. So these two elements, and the third, um, which, uh, uh, you know, I, I think is so important because it's part of the educational mission of NGS. Mm. It's rehabilitation. Um, you've done something wrong. Mm. The community is against it. And the Board of Discipline, by way of our reason mm. and, and, and our, our discussion, has decided that you will be punished this way. Mm. At the same time, Part of our decision, and so I know, and of course, all, all the other student leaders who have sat in the board knows, rehabilitation is such a key part of um, the process. This means the reconciliation of the student uh, back into the uh, into our community. You remain an NUS student, um, and that part, uh, I, I would say, uh, in addition to all the technical professional education of NUS. Um, that education, uh, that part of education, um, helping you grow into the best version of the person that you could be, uh, I would say, is a key part of the disciplinary process as well. A disciplinary process is not vengeful, uh, even though it is retributive. Mm. So, I think, um, so in a sense, it's not just seeing the case as just a case, but rather thinking about the long term and how to bring about change in society in to not only um, helping this this person who was misguided or lost uh, back into the community but also to, to let um, the community itself be more aware of these issues to further deter uh, it from happening in future. So yeah, I would say that that is partly it. I mean, to scare the bejesus out of you. But partly also to signal how wrong we think mm. this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not something that's, oh, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's yeah. terribly, terribly mm. wrong. And this is the red line. And yeah. if you cross this, 
this is what Russia's anger looks like. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but the other thing is also generally, generally that uh, the sense of respect we must have mm -hmm. for each other. And I think, um, not sure, I mean, of course that's entirely outside the disciplinary process, and maybe that speaks to the larger respect and concern. Right. So, in, in that sense of um, the righteous anger, how do you feel, um, because there have been many media recordings about these cases, so what is, um, in a sense, the right way to, not, not the right way, but rather the better method to go about in, in not only reacting to these cases, but also on people's opinions and how they respond to it. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be, can you say that? Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I'll get to this part. Um, actually, yeah, I, I, was th I was thinking about this a lot while I was researching as well. And I don't know if there's a right way to, to present this in the media, because like people write differently, like you say, mm. right? It's a very, it depends yeah. on how what's your personality. And, and your values that, that that's behind your decision making, right? Will, they'll decide how you did, how you you know break down what you what you're looking at. But um, we should at least give everybody a chance. So I you know to, to try to to learn from all these past cases. So I think reporting is really important, mm. right? So um, irregardless of whether um, the case is very light or very severe, right? Put it out there, and I think uh, let the people decide that. Okay, no, yeah, this is the wrong thing. Maybe the sentence is too much or too little. But the more we we, we present that, okay, this is an issue, and 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 it's more than a lot of people perceive it to be, right? Then it will bring about like, oh yeah, okay, maybe somewhere around in my life, somebody else is suffering. Somewhere around my life, one of my friends or two is is causing harm. And maybe I could make the difference, and I, I really like that about uh, the the steps that NUS have taken. Right? We're, we're trying to be clear, you know, especially since there has been quite a few, you know, uh, very uh, public cases, mm -hmm. and yeah, I I think um, some of them a bit debatable, especially the case where uh, the 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 boy I can't remember what happened. Um, he was developed very easily because he had a bright future, and mm. I don't know what kind of message that sends. But even if this was the wrong punishment, right? Conversations started happening, mm. right? And people started thinking and 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 talking about it. And I think this will bring about a better change, mm. So I really feel like the media is is supposed to do this. Yeah. So that's my point of view. Indeed, that's that's this reason, right? It's part of the legislative uh, rethinking, whether that qualifies. Mm. Mm. I think in, in a sense, it's more of um, get like what I think what we've been always doing as in across different educational institutes and the media is you always want to report um, the facts. But the thing is that certain phrases and stuff might come across mm. differently. But I think that so far, I think it's also um, because these are such trending topics that people sometimes might bring in their emotions into it. So sometimes it can get very messy. But I think so far, um, I mean, we, uh, I was also there for a few of the meetings, and I think that so far we've um, we've been doing pre, uh, we've been getting the message across in, in a sense, and also taking um, 
the necessary um, deterrence in future to create a more comfortable and um, comfortable community in school. So, in in light of that, what do you think? Um, what are the necessary steps that should be um, taken further to create to promote this very comfortable space for not only um, students but even, for instance, the Monica Bay incident where uh, in halls and things like that. What What do you think? Um, are the necessary steps that we can take to further create this comfortable space and also to have this um, added um, community of trust and um, respect amongst uh, their peers, each other? Hmm. Maybe necessary is not the right word. Maybe like, like what further steps can we take? Because um, it might not be clear-cut and we might have to do a trial and error, but at least for your opinions, like what can we do? in our community at the very least to push this further. Yeah. This is an interesting question because there's lots that we can do. But the question is if you want to measure it by the effectiveness, it's right. very difficult. Yeah. Mm. So I'll give you an example of the respect and consent workshop. Yeah. There are forty thousand students in it. You're all required to take the consent and respect and consent yeah. workshop. Yes. Has that stopped these cases coming up? Mm. So uh, I'll give you an example, yeah. right? So there, there was a time when they did not have respect and consent yeah. cases. And were there more cases after this respect and consent? Uh, were there, like, did it eliminate? It clearly didn't eliminate. No. So if you, look at the, if you look at this as a kind of policy evaluation, it's it's an impossible case to, to make because it could be that if you didn't have this respect and consent, even more, right? right? Yeah. right? So I want to give you a sense. Uh, NUS is, the population of NUS is about 50,000. It's 1% of Singapore's entire population. Okay. Uh, the number of cases of um, outrage of modesty is about 161605 or so. So we are part of the course or a little under. Mm -hmm. So we, it's not as if like, there's an invisible boundary at, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Clementi Avenue no. 6. <laughs> so we are, we are not different, uh, we are not worse. Uh, in fact, we are a little under, under the, the base. But um, So the question is this, right? Uh, is your goal, when you say a safe space, do you mean for NUS to create a sort of like nirvana, right? Where... Uh, and, and, and I, I say this because this sometimes is the expectations, especially of parents yeah. who, who, who write to me, right? Um, and I would say, and that's why when you ask me, right, for the single word just now, Claire, what is the single word? I, I think respect, uh, I, I would say, is a far greater ambition than mm -hmm. safety. Mm -hmm. Because everyone is of, of age. This is, um, you know, I, I think if there's a... I, I'm not saying that safety is unimportant. Yeah. But I would say if the, if you ask me that the the, the the sort of narrative that I would like us to instill, it's one of respect. And this doesn't mean that I, I think it's unimportant to, uh, to keep things safe and to keep security uh, high, uh, give it a high uh, priority, especially in, in our halls of residence. That's not it at all. Uh, but I feel it's infantilizing um, to talk about, you know, 
putting cushions all over the place, putting safety yeah. nets all over the place. Yeah. One, one reaction which we can have is to give you even more pauses. Every semester, I will require you to take <laughs> I will require you to take many things, right? So there's, there's talk about uh, giving you a, a module on, on mental health, which is to me is really important. Mm. Um, as you know, uh, student leaders are already trained in financial processes, so mm. and there will be more training. That, so that's one approach, like to train you and to keep this, um, to tick off this box, right? So mm. to answer the clear question, why, why you can it's always so well or everybody's trained. We could do that, and we might still do that. Mm. We could fill up all our. Um, what do you call those shower stalls to the top, oh. so nobody can get in there. If you yeah. go inside, you're probably like, whoa, you're hermetically, you know, uh, you're, you're sealed, right? <laughs> but we could do that. That's a hardware solution. I, and again, right, I would say that's an option, and we have taken it. Mm. Uh, we, have, we have made this, mm. and again, it's not unimportant, right? But I would say, for me at least, the solution is a human solution. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 um. It's a human solution to say we are not this thing. We do not do this act. Mm. We are not this sort of person. This mm. is not who we are. Mm. It's, I, I guess, and maybe it's a harder solution, right? It's the identity. Mm -hmm. What is the NUS identity? Um, it's not something that can be built by grills or showers. It's not something that can be built by requirements to log into a course. Mm -hmm. 11,000 students stay on campus. Mm -hmm. Every single one has, has completed a course that's face-to-face -face mm -hmm. on respect and consent. Mm -hmm. Has this eliminated the cases of misbehavior? Answers mm -hmm. Right. In fact, you might even suggest that, you know, if you're putting girls, it means like you don't trust these courses and you don't trust that they've accepted it into their core values. Uh, well, some people might say that, yeah, but it's it's not that. It, it's just the fact that it's a mindset, more of a personality of, of being. I think, in a sense, I think more of what it takes, what what it means to be human, and what it means to treat another human being. Mm -hmm. um, it's more of that um, yeah. moral compass and mm -hmm. what you would do, in a sense, like the saying of not doing what you wouldn't want somebody else to do to you. Yeah, um, in that sense, and also respecting each other as as a another fellow human being, yeah. which is a greater um, significance in wanting for social change and social progress that um, we can respect one another in the same way we would want to be respected. Indeed. Yeah, this is the ambition. Right. And, and so, if we succeed in the ambition, there will be no need for grills and there will be no need for... But I, I, I am not so naive as to think that... Everybody will fall into the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There will be some. Yeah. And this is this is why uh, we work for the best, uh, but we make sure to protect ourselves from the worst. That is true. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I think the two are not in tension. Mm. We, we must do both because yeah. Yeah. As I said, you. It's, there's no invisible wall, but and hence not everybody, you know, suddenly turns into an angel and they cross, you know, Kenrich and Marty to the first one. You know, it's a, the instincts are, 
are for the. I mean, I've seen the best of NUS students. You know, in in the in the height of COVID crisis when we were getting thousands of kids, there were students who volunteered to deliver food, and we went three you know three times a day. I mean, the best of NUS students who welcomed uh, strangers into their own halls, who worked and exercised with the um, farm workers every day, nine in the morning. Um, the best are people who sacrificially give of their time, but. Let me tell you, I, I have seen the worst. I have seen liars, cheaters. I have seen people who have committed, you know, sexual misconduct. I have seen the worst too. So this is this is my work as dean of students, right? I can see the best and I can see the worst. I see the worst and I still have hope. And I guess this this is what we must have. So I think in a sense it's um not seeing, not taking the worst cases to de to make it, um, not using the worst cases to define the NUS identity and not, but, but rather taking these cases to in fact want and um, have a greater desire for social, for change to create a more respectful community. So in, in that sense, um, what, uh, so what do you think, um, what, what do you think um, in a sense, is because in light of all the the media coverage and everything, what do you think um, this NUS identity is in one thing for for us to want to change? And what do you what do you vision it as? I mean, I I think that I mean, if if we are branding ourselves NUS as the top school in Asia or want to be the top school in the world, then we also have to as students also hold ourselves up to the highest moral standards um, to make sure that we are the top and the best people out there not just in terms of academics but also as people as leaders not in Singapore but also globally um, and I, respect comes very much into that and if we are the people that are supposed to lead our country in the future or even the region then we also have to ensure that from young we also showcase that we are capable of um, being good for, and that that comes from that comes from not that comes from respect. That comes from respect. That comes from being good to others. That comes from leadership. It's not just about. I think where we have where we have a lot of um recently is a lot of criticism of oh why is my school so bad or like why is my school not doing for me. But I think also as a community we also need to think about what can we do for ourselves. And how can we improve ourselves to be better than what the media says about us? And I think that's also why um, this podcast was kind of created because I think it was I, I wanted it to be an area where we can have these kinds of difficult conversations to acknowledge the worst, um, but also to see how we can move forward um, to become better as well. Right to yeah. be objective and to improve. Yeah. This, this is the educational mission that I talked about mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. That's why for me, rehabilitation is such mm -hmm. an important part. Um, that you're still wearing the animal's badge, you're still mm -hmm. wearing right. colours. Uh, and that's why I count it a, a privilege as part of my work. Uh, and when I say the words, I, I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I mean, which, who among us have not made mistakes? Right. 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 So when I say, I, I see that at the was moment, um, uh, but our duty therefore is to help uh, 
the transformation. Mm. And that's why I see the worst, but I have hope uh, because um, we can, uh, through the process of rehabilitation, uh, start this transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think um, so. I think that overall, based on like the topics that we've discussed today, I think it's a lot about what it means to be a community and what it means to, in fact, be human. Because mm-hmm. um, these issues are something that it's even for issues wise or sexual misconduct and things like that. It's some or even um, workplace inequality. Something that we wouldn't want um, our loved ones or even the people around us to experience. And in that sense, it's um, as as Prof you mentioned about respect, which is I think um, our leaving message for for today is the respect and um, yeah. So I think. Um, you, the both of you have been wonderful guests today and giving um, the great insights on these issues, um, especially you being the Vice uh, Dean of Student Life and you also being the NUSU President, um, the second female NUSU President um, in the world. Uh, so I, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I think we have a leading message is also to respect and also be more cautious about what you post, um, especially on social media and how you react to these situations because how we react is also um in a sense how we respond to this also brings about social change even if the slightest manner as what you mentioned mm-hmm. so um with that uh, we will be and we will thank you so much for your time for watching our nusu um our yellow ceiling network podcast and um we hope you guys have a great week ahead so take care thank you so much thank you thank you, thank you. <laughs>